Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, I'm Jared Goodstadt. Welcome to Conversations from the Audio Chateau, Occupational Therapy, a show where I go from being the jingle king of the world, uh, an award-winning composer whose identity is wrapped up in his job, who no longer has that job for various reasons. I sold my business, and now I'm talking with all of my really interesting, dynamic, cool, successful friends who span every genre of uh, career imaginable to find out, could I be the next blank? And in this case, the blank is David Arquette. He is an actor, comedian, fine gentleman, but most importantly, he's also a professional wrestler, which is something I found very interesting about him. He had held titles in the past And recently, much like myself, in a quest to redefine his life and his career, really threw himself into wrestling. There's a documentary called You Cannot Kill David Arquette that's out right now. If you are a fan of wrestling or a fan of stories of personal development and just gonzo documentaries, you will love this. In fact, it's probably one of the better documentaries I've seen in a long time, if not one of the best movies of this year. David is a dear friend. We're going to talk about our friendship and his quest to make it in the world of wrestling. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And here is David Arquette. What's up, David? How are you, man? What's up, Zach? I'm good. Thank you. Um, Yeah. So, you know, Jared sold Jingle Punks recently and has a two-year, you know, contract that says he's not allowed to make any more jingles. So basically, he's looking for a new gig. And you, having made the transition from successful actor to wrestling champion uh you could be one of the kings of a second career so we're trying to see if maybe jared uh could possibly step in the ring you know put on a nice pair of tights and become you know the great next wrestling uh champion of the world we want to talk to you about you know how we go about maybe doing that and how you got to where you are today yeah talk take us take us back to where your love of wrestling actually started because you're a man who has way too many hobbies and actually things that you're good at to list here. But, you know, where did wrestling factor in growing up for you? Oh, man. Well, there's a lot to get to here. I mean, for one, you'd make a great wrestler. I mean, (laughs) the first thing I'll tell anybody who's interested in wrestling, I'd say, are you just insane? Don't do it. Do not. Do put your body through this. Um. Okay, so I fell in love with wrestling as a kid. Just, uh, you know, really early, early, like, Olympic auditorium, local wrestling, like, black and white, you know, King, uh, uh, Gorgeous George, George the Animal Steel, like, yeah. the old school, we're really out there stuff, but fun. And, like, I had no idea what the hell it was. And then I got into WWE and, and, and WrestleMania and Cindy Lauper and, and Mr. T and like Hulk, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man and 
just that whole time period, I just fell in love with it. My dad was a voice actor, and he did the voice to Jimmy Superfly Snook on Hulk Hogan's cartoon. I love that cartoon. I love that cartoon. The coolest. I love Jimmy Snooker. It's why now, even to this day, I jump off the top rope to the outside <laughs> and do a crossbody because I love Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Uh, and then, um, yeah, so I loved wrestling. Me and my friends, we went to go see Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan at the Los Angeles Sports Arena. And I touched Andre's back. and It was just <laughs> so much larger than life. It was a like a circus I love circus too. So it was just like this incredible world. It's like circus with violence. And then, um, so then I kind of got out of it. And then, and then when I, after I'd done scream, I had a little bit of a opportunity to kind of pick and choose what I wanted to do. And I had a relationship going with Warner brothers and they owned, uh, TNT and TBS and, and, uh, and and had WCW, which was the the at the time a, a competitor to WWE. Yeah, and they decided to make me the champion. It was like a a, a weird thing. Like it, it it happened organically. I'd gone to promote the film, and I went and I jumped the the guardrail and jumped into the ring, and then somebody like did a, a diamond cutter on me or something. <laughs> And that was my first thing, and it got a really good reaction. People loved it, so they thought, oh, let's do this uh, all the way to the pay-per-view. And then yeah. I did a one more or something, and they said, we're going to make you the champion, but you have to stay on to oh the pay-per-view. God. Wow. And I didn't know the implications of it at the time. I kind of uh, – since I went through the experience of we, – we just did a documentary for the last two years called You Cannot Kill David Arquette. And by the way, that's one of the greatest trailers I've ever seen. That, And we'll get to that in a second, but keep going. Because this was all around Ready to Rumble, right? Yeah, it was all Ready to Rumble. So I'd read Ready to Rumble. I was already a wrestling fan. And it had like Macho Men within the first like 10 pages. My character's like in interacting with Macho Men. And I, I, I just called up and I was like, are, are, are you talking to like, is it actually going to be Macho Man? And they said, yeah, Macho Man's already on. Wow. I was done. I was like, this is like I'm a in. dream come true. And it's kind of a character as if I had never stopped being a wrestling fan. And I never really did, but I just didn't follow along like true wrestling fans. Funny thing happens when you're a wrestling fan. It's like if you don't have your core group of friends that are also wrestling fans and they kind of like, oh, you know, it's stupid. They don't follow it anymore. That's for kids. Then you're like well, left in the lurch. And then you meet later, you meet friends. Yeah. You meet anyway in life that are still wrestling fans like you are. And then you get back into it. It's really fun. It is weird because I have. You get back into it. It's, yeah. it's kind of like an old, uh, it's like a, a comfort food. It just feels like, ah. Oh. And then you start I have friends in Toronto who. You know, like, I have friends in Toronto who never stop liking the type of wrestling that you like. That guy, Pageman and Gian, who's the Iron Sheik's, you know, nephew or whatever. Yeah, I love the twin brothers. I know those yeah, guys. Yeah, they're fanatics. They're like you. Like, and I didn't get it. They were, I always thought they were, like, joking around. But they went from, like, high school to college to now. They still love it. So, I mean, the, I understand the fanatical nature of it. I think that when people are into it, outsiders might look at you and go, this guy's crazy. You've lost your mind. This is an adult. 
I did lose my mind. You have to be absolutely insane to wrestle or be involved <laughs> in wrestling like that. You do. You have to be like, there's got to be a screw loose. And that's what I learned in coming back that, oh, crazy's a thing too. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, there's, there's tough. You have to be tough to be a wrestler. You have to be crazy and you have to be, um, you know, if you're, if you're athletic and like a great wrestler, that's where like all the pieces come together. But I have the crazy part. And I can do well, a little athletic. I don't know if you have what? any of those, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> I got the crazy down, not the. So when I first met David, David was also you weren't in the best shape of your career. I know that you and I shared a trainer. Um, you know, JP is a really great guy, breathwork guy. But so how did talk, talk to me about? Okay, you decide you're going to get back into wrestling. What came first, the documentary or you, the will to want to do it? Because you, you won the heavyweight title with WCW. Obviously, that caused a little bit of fan reaction that haunted you for a few years. 20 years. For 20 yeah. years, I was one of the most hated, and not anymore so much, but one of the most hated guys in wrestling because it was considered one of the worst things in wrestling history. Uh, and, you know, an untrained actor wins the belt it just devalued it shortly after wcw crumbled and i kind of got lumped in there vince wow. russo was the guy behind it and everybody hates him so i got lumped mm -hmm. in there too so i did want to clear my name and come back i uh i had like this uh really uh, kind of a heart attack uh during a stress test uh, yep. uh they gave me an injection and i had a really bad reaction and i was like like they uh <laughs> fucking over it was at some shit hospital in the valley and they had uh, the guys the guy <laughs> having this really bad reaction there's two ways of doing a stress test one's on like a treadmill <laughs> and it's really like just just that and the other one's an injection they give you and your asshole gets all hot and like all this weird shit happens you start breathing like you're fucking running a marathon. It's adrenaline, essentially. <laughs> but my heart just was like, I feel like I'm dying. It was like, it was just the worst fucking thing. And I see the doctor, and he picks up the phone, and he calls up uh, the fifth floor where, where, where my room was. Yeah. And then the, tells the nurse to, like, bring down nitroglycerin and stuff. And then he, as I'm like, uh, uh, like, fucking... He's on the phone, like, documenting everything. Patient brother, say brother, doing all this medical jargon. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this guy's fucking, like, like, uh, um, like, uh, you know, laying down his defense. <laughs> <laughs> He's backing away from the vehicle. <laughs> yeah, I swear. I was like, but it was getting bright. I was going. Oh, man, it was intense. <laughs> but, uh. So then after that, I got two stents put in my heart, and then I, was, I had to lose a bunch of weight and get my health together. And I knew I was doing that anyway. And this, oh, and while I, right before I was going to get my stents, I'm thinking about life. And, you know, when you get to a certain point, you're kind of like, well, yeah, I've made my mistakes. I've, I've you know, done shitty things. But uh, all in all, I'm a good person. No one really hates me, hates me. I, uh, you know, I have a beautiful family and, and they, they'll love me even though I'm, you know, raised my voice too much probably and blah, blah, blah. But uh, all in all, that's life. You know what I mean? It's yeah. crazy journey. Quesarasama. You know what I mean? I got nothing. You know what I mean? I'm going to be all right. But then I kept thinking, 
but the, all the wrestling. Yeah, these fucking <laughs> wrestling. Wrestling. Like, they still think I'm a pussy and all this shit. And I was like, why am I thinking about wrestling? I'm, I'm worried about dying. <laughs> I'm thinking about wrestling. So that's where it, it all kind of came together. I was like, okay, you know, if you're an actor and you get a role in a, a Marvel film, they put you on this dope regiment and get all of the things going. They tell you how to eat and you just do it. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a formula you can do. Anyone yeah. can do it. You have the sort of uh, will or whatever. So I know how to do it. You know, if you have to play like a, a really uh, sick character or something, you have to lose a ton of weight. You have, yeah, there's I've something seen you, you do. It's like no before. carbs. Yeah. You get the fucking shit out of yourself. No carbs. You just like eat egg whites all the time. And uh, and you do cardio and you do weights and that's how you become a superhero, you know. Uh, <laughs> so I knew how to do it and I knew I had to do it. So then uh, we got the idea to do a documentary about it. And then we were, I went to my friend who I'd met in Haiti, this guy Bryn Muser, who's an amazing uh, documentary film producer. He's an incredible guy, you know, works for uh, Peace Corps and like – Met him in Haiti with my sister, who's got a big charity called GiveLove.org there that uh, we all met after the earthquake. We were down there. We got a bunch of tents from him and Sean Penn's thing and, and uh, core. So uh, so then I went to Bryn. I said, Bryn, I'm going to return to wrestle. He's like, I think it's a great idea. He got his partner at a company. They were at a company called Riot at the time. Yeah, uh, his partner David Darg, yeah. and him and David Darg loved wrestling as a kid too. With this best friend, this guy James Price, and who's also a director, and he's a comedic director. And uh, uh, David Darg's like a, a film, uh, like he nominated for Academy Award for for documentaries, like a real sort of series, like what covered the Ebola like thing, like on film, like hardcore dude. So. Uh, these two together came together and then they just put this insane journey for me to go back to. So I start out, uh, going, um, sort of from the, the, you know, uh, a lot of shit happens. Our first day we got in a bar fight, bar room brawl <laughs> with the nasty boys. No joke. It's like a full on fucking brawl. I got punched in the ear by a girl. Knock my, <laughs> knock my uh, earring out, and like I gotta get my gouged oh. big, <laughs> big bloody ear, like torn oh, right man. here. Like first day, first day of filming, I got I got punched by a girl. It's amazing. So the whole and, thing, what happened was, that's boys. We hadn't really asked them if we could film or not. Uh, we okay. The Nasty Boys were doing this thing called uh, the Legends of Wrestling. And Eric Bischoff and Ric Flair were going to be there. Wow. And uh, those, both of those guys I interacted with, Eric Bischoff had a lot to do with my WCW run. So I wanted to talk to him on a documentary about it and Ric Flair. And uh, so the Nasty Boys were throwing the thing, and they, I didn't know the Nasty Boys. So we called about filming there and filming at the thing. They said, no. They said, you can't film at the, uh, at the event. They're just like, not going to happen. Like, oh, okay, well, we'll just go down. It's, we found out where uh, Eric Bischoff was, was uh, going to be in the hotel in, in Ric Flair, and we, we got rooms there, and 
and we would set up for the next day. So we're doing some B-roll that night, the night before the event. We're doing B-roll, and uh, I'm talking. We're having a couple of drinks, me and Eric Bischoff, and we're talking about the, everything. And the, and somebody smashes the camera. Like, while I was talking to Eric Bischoff, all these wrestlers came in behind me, and they were filming and stuff, and they didn't ask them if we could film them. They smashed the camera. Uh, uh, Jerry Sags from the Nasty Boys smashed the camera. And then this big dude, big dude, like this, this much taller than me, comes over and grabs me by the back of the neck. And I'm sitting there. I don't know what the fuck's going on. So he grabbed me by the back of the neck. And I said, what's going on? They said, they smashed the camera. And then, uh, and then I realized some guy's got his hand on my neck. So I grab. he's got a big, long beard, just a big, long beard. So I grab his beard like this. <laughs> I say, if you don't let go of my neck. And then his girlfriend punched me in the ear. <laughs> that was our first day of shooting. <laughs> oh, my that was God. Like our first, that was maybe our first setup. The, the reason. That sort of sets the tone. Yeah, the reason why I think you're also, uh, you know, quite uh, interesting, but also I'd use the word crazy, is blood is a big part of wrestling. And, like, so you have a bloody ear the first day. Didn't you also, like, almost get your, like, jugular? Yeah, I got I got a, a, Damn. a bad death match, and I, um, I I messed up. It was my fault that I got stabbed in the neck with a light tube. But, <laughs> yeah, I thought... <laughs> I've had a death match with somebody who's an insane wrestler named uh, Nick Gage. Yeah. It was my fault what happened, but uh, I was in over my head. I didn't know what I was getting into. I also um, I, I went off, you know, it's choreographed. It's not in any way fake. It's so fucking real. So much realer than anybody would ever imagine. It's literally more like choreographed MMA than it is like yeah, wow. anything else with like the flipping and like just it's just such a dangerous situation uh it's really intensely hard like i was gonna ask uh, that because that's obviously on a lot of people's minds I, ever since we were kids you know oh it's fake but i obviously you have a hole in your neck you're you know you've probably broken bones you've come home in pain yeah. well, you know look, I'm, in, I'm in my house and i uh, I have a ring in my backyard. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's commitment. That's so, commitment. Yeah, I put this ring in my backyard, so I trained like a motherfucker for uh, a long time and uh, and did it. And you really have to train. You really have to get up to speed and, like, be able to take these bumps. Because, uh, yeah, and, and there's all these layers but I learned a really important lesson in that Nick Gage fight, and it's always stick to the plan. You know, even if it becomes a real fight while you're in there, and that happens more often than you think. Wow. Uh, um, you, at least for me, it does. I mean, it kind of does with me. I, I don't know. Uh, it's a, an interesting uh, business. but uh, And you ended up doing a bunch of different disciplines of wrestling. Like I think in the trailer, I saw that you had done like um, street wrestling in Mexico and, you know, you, you did all sorts of things. We wanted to sort of climb the ladder. So I started backyard wrestling because since I was, was the champion, it kind of was this thing that erupted backyard wrestling. Like, and then all of this new generation kind of came out of that. And it also made for slightly smaller people that are doing this like and more acrobatic stunts. 
So now I'm looking at the business like, oh, shit, a guy named Daniel Bryan is an amazing, incredible wrestler, but he's now bigger than me. You know what I mean? So the fact that I was the champion and this big joke, you know, I could actually give him a run for his money. And I also know how I can get, like, cut up, and I know how I can – I'm thick. I'm a thick guy. I'm not, like – I'm kind of built a little bit like these wrestlers. They're big boys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then you'd think I am if you just think, like, oh, David Arquette, the actors, Mary Corden Cox. Like, that's how <laughs> I was looked at when I won, won the championship. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I get it, but I wanted to, like, say, fuck you people. You know what I mean? Like, don't don't tell my story for me. You know what I mean? Don't, you know, troll me for 20 years and just, <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't have to be the ending. And I love wrestling, and I wanted to love wrestling again, so I didn't want it to have, like, a, a negative uh, thing. But now when I watch wrestling, it's a whole different experience. It's like, oh, shit. I broke three ribs in Tijuana when I trained with the Luchadors and did an eight-man uh, tag match there. And I broke three ribs, and it was the most painful thing. And then I had to continue wrestling for the next, you know, period of time. And, uh just taking these bumps on three broken ribs is the most it, 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 it when I watch it now I still have this like I don't know it's like a pain that I think will be in and I'm, I'm, I'm probably hated for this but I I think it's as close as a man's gonna get to pregnancy <laughs> like it's so I could like when I think of certain matches certain bumps I've taken I get a like an internal like flush of oof, hardcore. It was, it's, you have such a different relationship with pain. And there's also a real layer of self abuse and like yeah. feeding the fucking shit out of yourself. And that's where it really came to things with this part. You know what I mean? And Luke Perry was there. who's a dear yep. friend of mine. His son, Jack Perry is an incredible wrestler named jungle boy. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he was, he's, he was, he's just blowing up and he's, uh, I, this match that night was really kind of insane night in, uh, in just wrestling in general. He really took off. Uh, it was beautiful to see he's now wrestling for AEW, a really big company. So, um, it was at a really fun time in wrestling that I did this little journey, uh, in the independent circuit. So it, it, it's cool to see all these guys grow up, but then, you know, so this all happens. Luke, Luke and Jack take me to the hospital and shit. And, you know, two weeks later, Luke dies. I, I come out of the hospital. I don't want to be on painkillers too much. I yeah. stop, I stop painkillers. So I start drinking more, blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. just life spirals out of control. Yeah. You know, I have to get my shit back together and like kind of finish finish what I started with this movie and everything. But that's all like it all was captured in this film and it's insane. Oh. So I lived like the wrestling, like the wrestler movie in like a encapsulated uh, two year span. David, I tell yeah, the I tell anybody who whoever asks me about you, I always say, look. I know you, and now I know your sister Rosanna. One of the you guys are on a different level of like genius, but also the commitment that 
your life roles, your your work roles, your occupational roles that I've seen from you and your sister, and specifically also seeing the commitment to this wrestling thing, because a lot of actors in Hollywood would never do this. They would never... It's people go, oh, it's crazy. De Niro gained 40 pounds to be the Raging Bull. No, you lived the Mickey Rourke experience for like a year and a half. And you and then you were able to just somehow untangle from it and, and get back to normal. But when I met when I hung out with you during that, I was like, Dave's in this like you are living this role. And I, I, do you ever have a did you have a problem shutting it off after when it was all done? <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. It was an intense journey. It really was the culmination of a, like almost my life and childhood and really abusive behavior to myself. I've since quit drinking. I can't drink, but I do smoke pot. I have to smoke pot. It's just as a, just yeah. a chill thing. I try not to, um, I don't like taking all the brain medicines. Like they had me on something called Concerta and was like speed. And I was like, it, it kind of like did something amazing for my brain as far as ADD and stuff goes. But at the end of the day, you're kind of just speeding out all day and it's, it's too intense. So yeah, a little well, sativa weed. <laughs> that'll do it. That'll take the edge off. It's And look, you kind of got Delta an unlucky timing thing with the film supposed to be debuting at South by now the whole world sort of shut down. So when can people expect to like hear about this? When, when is it going to go to market? Because I, as a fan and a friend, I'm excited. This is the best interview I've had about my, 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 my film so far. Thank you for that. Cause I shared stuff <laughs> on this that I haven't told anybody about, but, um, uh, yeah, hopefully by September, it'll be kind of everywhere, Tiff. you know, iTunes, VOD, everything you can think of and rep by a really good company, but we're just waiting. This has got to be an award. This has got to be an award-winning movie, like just based on the trailer and based on what I know. I know that you're a great marketer, too. I feel like if they get this right, this is going to be one that people are talking about. And, you know, I don't know what to really compare it to because you are like a carnival character brought to life. You and I have done some crazy things. Like you brought us on the gong show and I couldn't show up and he brought a cardboard cut out of me and he did like a little puppet dance. <laughs> like he's, you had me do a, a charity thing where we raised, you got, you've gotten me into so many things. You got me into my trainer. You got me into doing charity work for the, uh, feed, uh, the homeless in Santa Monica. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, OPCC, which is now yes. people's concern. Yeah. But- that was great. And look, David's just this well-rounded, amazing guy. And we really appreciate you telling us about your journey into wrestling here. I think, Zach, do you want to weigh in here and say, do you think I, I got what it takes? to Nope. Listen, never say that because, listen, there's a company, and I want you all to Google them because I've yet to wrestle with them. But if I do continue any kind of wrestling, it'll probably be like this kind of wrestling. It's called... Wrestling pro wrestling. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so insane. You have to say wrestling twice. That's so wrestling good. Pro wrestling. And uh, I'm going to do, I'm a Bob Ross certified uh, instructor. Yep. So I'm going to uh, do a Bob Ross gimmick at some point. That's another, that's another uh, little, um, what's it called? Uh, uh, I don't know what's this, what, what it's called. It, it's a secret skill. You, you, it's a little thing I haven't shared with anyone else. So it's my amazing. Bob you Ross know, wrestling gimmicks coming up, and you're the first ones to know. 
<laughs> We're all very I excited. mean, between that, your puppeteering, your, I mean, Jesus, there's so many things on your resume. I feel like there's a big thing I'm missing here. There's one thing that you do, that, I don't know, but you, you, you I was a, you're a man I was an of honorary clown. A clown. Honorary yeah, so Bozo the Clown. Ringer. And uh, and also, uh, I got a couple gold records with uh, Ear 2000, my band. I just, I'm just saying. Just we saying. Got lucky. I got you lucky. also you also have a couple of blockbuster entertainment awards. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> By the way, I'm looking online. I was I was curious about this. I didn't realize you were Jewish, as Jared. Yeah, man. Or as I had well. my I had my uh, uh, um, what you look at King David when I made there my you know, my first return to the ring. I did a King David gimmick. As well, a little wink and nod, it's a total wink and nod to like Andre, uh, like uh, David and Goliath. But it's yeah. also I'm Jewish, and within wrestling, there's like a little bit of like it's uh, not yeah. a little bit, but uh, some anti-Semitism. <laughs> well, I'm looking at because Jared being you know, and myself, all of us being Jewish, I was looking at Jewish wrestlers. There's a ton of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah who else? Well, Goldberg, Goldberg, Goldberg right? But and, I mean, you can put Andy Kaufman in that as well. Certainly. Uh, I mean, there's just a big list of people. Tomer Shalom. Who can forget him? Izzy Slapowitz. <laughs> these are like, these are made up names. No, I swear <laughs> to God. Rick Drazen. These are legends. Rick Drazen. Well, they're all Dreadle. made up names. You have to, you have to like, when you, when you introduce a wrestler, you say like, hey, I'm David. You can call me Scoot or you can call me uh, Big Pop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. All right, so Jared, Jared, what would your wrestling name be? Uh, Tough one. The Dirty Dreidel. I don't know. Ooh. The Dirty Dreidel. My move could be a spin. <laughs> Yo, bro. Yo, bro. Do they have the rights to your name, bro? Dude, Jingle Jared. I think Jingle might be – I'm because it's funny – I don't know. There was a variety article the other day about my new business and my PR person hit up the lady and said, you got to take jingle out. And, and she texted me. She goes, really? And I was like, I don't know. I like, it's my choice. They don't own it. I think I'm just trying to evolve. It's like you. I just, next chapter. I went full method on being jingle Jared for 10 years. Now I'm something new. So yeah. Uh, what about I, like, like, what if you're like, uh, do like a remember? Uh, I always like Bugs Bunny. I always think I don't know. I think Bugs Bunny had a whole so like the uh, conductor, a concerto. Like you're like dun, 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 like that's your gimmick. <laughs> bum, 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 <laughs> you have the crazy hair. Yeah, dude. Try to get the audience to do it. <laughs> bum, 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 that's I'm going to be like Gustavo Dudamel. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you are amazing. I knew that this would be my favorite episode so far. This is definitely it. This is really it. We wanted to know a quick bite about your journey from, you know, uh, uh, regular, you know, just David Arquette to wrestler David Arquette. And I'm so excited for people to be able to see uh, your film, and hopefully this episode will time out by the time everything's available for your movie. So we'll hold on to this thing and try and, and time it so we get some uh, some synergy, as they say. But, Zach, anything else you want to add? 
Dude, this is hilarious. I wish I wish the like, audience could see the videos we're watching of David's tour of all the like knickknacks and crazy stuff at his house. Oh, okay. We're not. Uh, I, I, yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, I was showing all the. the well, there's a huge there. sign in your backyard that says "Juvenile Detention Center." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> David, next. I uh, one day I want to make the bozo biopic with you, so we, we'll talk offline about bozo. Absolutely, bro. He's obsessed with Bozo the Clown. Yeah, I am. Thanks, y'all. Bozo for president, 2021. (laughs) Yes. See you guys soon. All right, guys. Take it easy. David, you're the best. Thank you, David, for being on the show. That was incredible. I told you he is a one in a million person. He, his whole family, so talented, so generous, so kind with their time to be doing this, and. David has uh, really pushed the boundaries of, of what careers look like in Hollywood, already having a successful acting and television and film career, being part of some incredible shows as an executive producer, and now as a person risking life and limb to really pursue their passion. I think that there's a metaphorical story as well as a real story of what would you do to achieve your goal, to accomplish your dreams, and he really put it all out there. I hope you enjoyed it. Please tune in for more episodes next week. Thank you to our hosts, Podcast One. And if you like what you're hearing, give us five stars, tell a friend. We really, really enjoy making this program and your support means everything to us. And you can go to audioup.com to find more about my business, other podcasts, and cool things that we're up to. Thanks for tuning in. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.